European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 42, Issue 28. Focus Issue, Ischemic Heart Disease. By Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. Addressing residual risk in ischemic heart disease with anti-inflammatory drugs. Between Scylla and Charybdis. This issue opens with the special article. European Heart Journal Quality Standards, authored by Fernando Alfonso from the Hospital Universitario de la Princesa in Madrid, Spain, and colleagues. The authors note that the aim of the European Heart Journal, or EHJ, is to attract innovative, methodologically sound, and clinically relevant manuscripts able to change clinical practice and or substantially advance knowledge on cardiovascular diseases. As the reference journal in cardiovascular medicine, the EHJ is committed to publishing only the best cardiovascular science adhering to the highest ethical principles. EHJ uses highly rigorous peer review, critical statistical review, and the highest quality editorial process to ensure the novelty, accuracy, quality, and relevance of all accepted manuscripts, with the aim of inspiring the clinical practice of EHJ readers and reducing the global burden of cardiovascular diseases. This contribution summarizes the quality standards pursued by the EHJ in pursuit of its mission. The issue continues with a focus on ischemic heart disease. The benefits of regular physical exercise on the human body are multiple and indisputable. The improvements in cardiovascular risk profile associated with exercise are partly secondary to its positive impact on atherosclerotic risk factors such as blood pressure, lipid profile, body mass index and insulin resistance. In sharp contrast, extreme strenuous and exhaustive exercise increases oxidative stress and can result in a systemic inflammatory response, although this is usually short-lived and resolved within a few hours. In a state-of-the-art review entitled The Heart of the Aging Endurance Athlete the role of chronic coronary stress. Gemma Parry-Williams and colleagues from George's University of London in the United Kingdom note that the current guidelines recommend at least 150 minutes of moderate exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise per week. Endurance athletes perform exercise at a level that is 10 to 20-fold greater than these recommendations. These athletes reveal several structural and functional cardiac adaptions, including increased cardiac size, enhanced ventricular filling and augmentation of stroke volume, even at the highest heart rates. The long-term effects of endurance exercise on the heart are unknown. Endurance exercise is associated with a transient increase in serum concentrations of biomarkers of cardiac damage and ventricular dysfunction, which improves within 72 hours. Over the past decade, there have been emerging studies reporting attenuated mortality benefit amongst individuals who perform the highest volume of exercise. Studies in lifelong male athletes aged above 40 years old show a higher prevalence of high coronary artery calcium scores, greater than 300 Agatston units, a higher coronary plaque burden, and myocardial fibrosis compatible with subclinical myocardial infarction compared with relatively sedentary healthy controls, raising speculation that lifelong intense exercise imposes chronic coronary stress on the heart. 
This review article will provide a critical analysis of the existing data. Colchicine is a unique, sophisticated anti-inflammatory agent that has been used for decades for the prevention of acute inflammatory flares in gout and familial Mediterranean fever, and in recent years trials have demonstrated its potential in a range of cardiovascular or CV conditions. In another state-of-the-art review article, Colchicine and the Heart, Massimo Imasio from the University Hospital Santa Maria della Misericordia in Udina, Italy, and colleagues, note that colchicine is avidly taken up by leukocytes, where its binding to tubulin interferes with the microtubular function affecting the expression of cytokines and interleukins, as well as the ability of leukocytes to marginate, aggregate, express superoxide, release extracellular traps or nets, and interact with platelets. In patients with acute and recurrent pericarditis, clinical trials in greater than 1,600 patients have consistently demonstrated that colchicine halves the risk of recurrence. In patients with acute and chronic coronary syndromes, multicenter randomized control trials in greater than 11,000 patients followed for up to five years demonstrate that it may reduce the risk of CV death, myocardial infarction, ischemic stroke, and ischemia-driven revascularization by greater than 30%. Use of colchicine at doses of 0.5 to 1 mg daily in CV trials have proved safe. Early gastrointestinal intolerance limits its use in approximately 10% of patients. However, approximately 90% of patients tolerate it well over the long term. Despite isolated case reports, clinically relevant drug interactions with moderate to strong CYP3A4 inhibitors stroke competitors or PGP inhibitors stroke competitors are rare when colchicine is used at these doses in the absence of advanced renal or liver disease. This review summarizes the contemporary data supporting the efficacy and safety of colchicine in patients with CV disease. In a provocative viewpoint article, Coronary Artery Disease, Gout in the Artery, Timo Strandberg from the University of Helsinki in Finland and colleagues note that in a system biology perspective, Inflammation and its potential triggers are unifying factors in the pathophysiology of both gout and atherosclerotic cardiovascular diseases, or ASCVDs. Furthermore, therapies to diminish the crystal-induced inflammation with canakinumab or colchicine have been shown to prevent their respective clinical presentations, especially the acute ones. A final common similarity is that the root causes, hyperuricemia in gout, and hypercholesterolemia in ASCVD must be effectively addressed to attain the best results for patients in the long term. Recent randomized trials demonstrated a benefit of low-dose colchicine added to guideline-based treatment in patients with ASCVD. In a clinical research article, Efficacy and Safety of Low-Dose Colchicine in Patients with Coronary Disease a systematic review and meta-analysis of randomized trials. Inod Fiolet from the University Medical Center in Utrecht in the Netherlands and colleagues performed a systematic review and meta-analysis to obtain best estimates of the effects of colchicine on major adverse cardiovascular events, 
or MACE. The authors searched the literature for randomized clinical trials of long-term colchicine in patients with atherosclerosis, published up to September 1, 2020. The primary efficacy endpoint was MACE, the composite of myocardial infarction, stroke, or cardiovascular death. The authors combined the results of five trials that included 11,816 patients. The primary endpoint occurred in 578 patients. Colchicine reduced the risk for the primary endpoint by 25%, relative risk 0.75, p equaling 0.005, myocardial infarction by 22%, relative risk 0.78, p equaling 0.010, stroke by 46%, relative risk 0.54, p equaling 0.009, and coronary revascularization by 23%, relative risk 0.77, p being less than 0.001. They observed no difference in all-cause death, relative risk 1.08, 95% confidence interval 0.71 to 1.62, p equaling 0.73, with a lower incidence of cardiovascular death, relative risk 0.82, 95% confidence interval, 0.55 to 1.23, p equaling 0.34, counterbalanced by a higher incidence of non-cardiovascular death, relative risk 1.38, 95% confidence interval, 0.99 to 1.92, p equaling 0.060. The authors conclude that their meta-analysis indicates that low-dose colchicine reduces the risk of MACE, as well as that of myocardial infarction, stroke, and the need for coronary revascularization in a broad spectrum of patients with coronary disease. There was no difference in all-cause mortality, and fewer cardiovascular deaths were counterbalanced by more non-cardiovascular deaths. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Aruna Das Pradhan from the Brigham and Women's Hospital Department of Medicine in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. Padan concludes that the meta-analysis by Fiolet et al. is a clear presentation of aggregate data from carefully selected cardiovascular outcomes trials. The data demonstrates strong evidence for substantial cardiovascular benefit from anti-inflammatory therapies, but the authors do not minimize the finding of excess non-cardiovascular mortality in these trials, and rightly so. This early signal of benefit and possible signal of harm requires further scrutiny from forthcoming controlled clinical trials, expected to enrol greater than 12,000 participants, a doubling of exposed individuals, that will permit safety analysis in diverse clinical settings. The results of CONVINCE, clinicaltrials.gov, NCT 02898610, and CLEAR Synergy, clinicaltrials.gov, NCT 03048825, two large long-term studies in secondary prevention, are needed to convince critics and clear unresolved issues with respect to non-cardiovascular mortality and, importantly, to gather data in female and minority patients before the use of colchicine is more broadly endorsed. Until those studies are completed, further efforts to identify population segments both at potentially elevated risk and at potentially greater drug-derived benefit, 
would add to the body of evidence available for risk-benefit profiling. Extracellular vesicles, or EVs, are lipid bilayer delimited non-replicating particles released from different subcellular compartments. They can be classified on the basis of a physical characteristic, such as density or size, or the cell stroke condition of origin, for example, platelet EVs, hypoxic EVs, or apoptotic bodies. Moreover, because EVs originate from various cell types, they acquire specific antigens expressed by the cell of origin, in addition to negatively charged phospholipids and membrane-associated glycoproteins. Therefore, they can also be classified on the basis of their biochemical composition. EVs play a role in intercellular communication pathways, occurring among cells of the same as well as of different cell types. EVs together with proteins, peptides, lipids and non-coding RNAs are part of the cellular secretome. Once released, EVs influence the surrounding environment through their cargo of active biomolecules such as protein mRNAs, microRNAs and lipids. Increased shedding of EVs has been associated with atherosclerosis, but whether this is true for myocardial diseases is still poorly known. In a translational research article entitled Myocardial Hypoxic Stress Mediates Functional Cardiac Extracellular Vesicle Release, Achille Anselmo from the IRCCS Humanitas Research Hospital in Rosano, Italy and colleagues, use the surface antigen CD172A as a specific marker of cardiomyocyte or CM-derived EVs. The CM origin of CD172A plus EVs was supported by their content of cardiac-specific proteins and heart-enriched microRNAs. The authors found that patients with aortic stenosis, ischemic heart disease or cardiomyopathy had higher circulating CD172A plus cardiac EV counts than did healthy subjects. Cellular stress was a major determinant of EV release from CMs, with hypoxia increasing shedding in in vitro and in vivo experiments. At the functional level, EVs isolated from the supernatant of CMs derived from human-induced pluripotent stem cells, or IPSCs, and cultured in a hypoxic atmosphere elicited a positive inotropic response in unstressed CMs, an effect the authors found to be dependent on an increase in the number of EVs expressing ceramide on their surface. Of potentially clinical relevance, aortic stenosis patients with the highest count of circulating cardiac CD172A plus EVs had a more favourable prognosis for transcatheter aortic valve replacement than those with lower counts. Anselmo et al. conclude that they identified circulating CD172A plus EVs as cardiac-derived, showing their release and function and providing evidence of their prognostic potential in aortic stenosis patients. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Chantal Boulanger from the Université de Paris and colleagues. The authors conclude that future preclinical animal models allowing EV tracking in vivo are much needed to finally demonstrate how the disease part of the myocardium sends specific messages to the healthy part of the muscle in order to boost contractile function. Certainly, the study by Anselmo et al. 
highlights EVs released from the myocardium as previously unsuspected spurs for a tired horse. This issue is also complemented by various discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, Culture Scene and Coronary Artery Disease, A Virtuous Adoption, Filippo Angelini and colleagues from the University of Turin in Italy comment on the recent publication, Time to Treatment Initiation of Colchicine and Cardiovascular Outcomes After Myocardial Infarction in the Colchicine Cardiovascular Outcomes Trial, or COLCOT, by Nadia Bouabdalawi from the Canada and Université de Montréal in Canada. Bouabdalawi et al. respond in a separate comment. In another contribution entitled, Colchicine Administered Early in Acute Myocardial Infarction. Ready, set, go. Dimitrios Vrakatis from the University of Athens in Greece and colleagues also discussed the article by Bouab Dalawi. Bouab Dalawi et al. respond also to this contribution. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.